Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Oh, what a busy way to start the week. Obviously, not great news coming out of Bloomington. Not good news at all with Xavier Johnson arrested over the weekend, Saturday into Sunday morning for reckless driving, resisting law enforcement. So we'll talk about that. And at least what we know, is this it for Xavier with IU basketball, or will he get another opportunity? I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Mike Woodson handles this one as the details play out. Also, Thad Mata back at Butler. Uh, he's leaving the IU, I guess you would say, support staff as the associate AD for men's basketball. He's going to get back in the coaching realm and uh, take over a program he was at many years ago and had some success success with as Butler really began to build itself up, uh, getting ready for a move to a new conference, the Big East, that would happen years after he would leave. Uh, but we'll talk about that today and lots of great guests. Of course, final four games over the weekend. The North Carolina Duke game lived up to the hype, lived up to the billing. Uh, absolutely a fantastic game. And of course, now we're set up for, I think, a really good championship game tonight. Kansas is playing great basketball. They have been throughout the tournament. Likewise for North Carolina, whoever saw uh, the Tar Heels in the Final Four, yet alone the championship game. But that's the matchup we have tonight. Uh, late game, 9:20 tip-off tonight for the national championship. It seems to get just a little later and later each and every year. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. I'm really excited about our first guest coming up here in just a moment. Sean East had a chance to really get to know him at New Albany, an awesome guy. A great player, and you want to talk about somebody that has elevated himself to a whole nother level as a basketball player since his high school days. That is Sean. Sean was recently named the Junior College Division I Player of the Year. He had a huge season, put up some monster stats for John A. Logan, and he's got a top six. He's getting re-recruited, going to JUCO for a year. He's got a couple years of eligibility left, and he named a top six on uh, Saturday over the weekend as well, so we'll discuss all of that with him coming up here in just a moment. Later in the show, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. He always is with us Mondays as we talk the latest with IU basketball. So we'll get into Xavier Johnson, uh, that situation with him. We'll talk Thad Mata's departure as he takes over the Butler program and more today with Zach. And then later in the hour, Chad Gilbert, Charlestown AD, former Jeff coach, IHSA executive board member. He's going to join us as we talk about local sports, and there's always some fun things to talk about locally. We've got some basketball to chat about, high school baseball, really good once again this season. But a lot of parity here in the area with the programs each and every year that are at the top of the area. So we'll talk about that, and uh, we'll get Chad's prediction for the NCAA 
championship game tonight. So stay with us for chat a little bit later in the hour. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals uh, that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, I need to remind you that the uh, text line, our Thornton's text line is open. If you've got a question for Sean or on IU basketball for Zach or something local with Chad, uh, you can send in your questions and comments at 502-414-1450. Again, the number 502-414-1450. I'm also curious, uh, IU fans, uh, your projection, your thoughts on the national championship game tonight. Who do you want to win? Is there somebody you're pulling for? There's really no connection to the Big Ten Conference or anybody to the state of Indiana outside of Sean May, former Bloomington North standout, now a North Carolina assistant after he played there. Uh, but I'm curious, who, who are people locally rooting for tonight? Or are you just hoping for a good game? 502-414-1450. And also uh, download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. All right, let's get right to our first guest. Excited about this one. Sean East, New Albany graduate, Junior College Player of the Year, unbelievable season. Sean, it's so great to connect with you again. Uh, thanks for having me, Coach. Uh, haven't talked in a while. Excited to catch up. Yeah, for sure. Well, first off, congratulations, man. You're doing big stuff. Uh, you had a monster season. I just couldn't believe some of the numbers you put up on a consistent basis for your Logan Junior College team. A lot of fans at New Albany and people that really followed you here in the area and, of course, in Louisville as well, I would always get the question, hey, man, do you talk to Sean? And what, what's up with him going to junior college basketball after being at a couple Division One schools and, and playing well, getting some starting opportunities? And it was all about getting re-recruited. Can you talk a little bit about your decision to use this extra COVID year to go back to junior college or to head to junior college and try to get re-recruited and get yourself placed somewhere for your final run at Division One basketball? Uh, it was just, I mean, how the cards was dealt. I mean, um, had a few bad situations or just not so well. And um, uh, the the route took me to junior college. And, you know, I just kept on working, kept on grinding. And uh, it just seems to work out now. Let's talk about your junior college, college season. Um, I, I said this numerous times on this show. In fact, your, your coach, uh, Coach Smith-Peters, joined us a few times this season. Junior college basketball, if you get in the right situation, in the right part of the country, is really good. You played with some great talent, and you played against some great talent on a nightly basis. What was that experience like to get yourself ready to go back to Division One hoops? It was great. I mean, you know, um, it just um... – it lets you know that, you know, it's basketball everywhere and all levels, and, you know, you just got to come to play every night, no matter, you know, if there's 5,000 people in the stands or if there's 200 people in the stands, man. And, you know, you just got to come to play and put on a show every night, no matter uh, who's watching or, you know, what's in the crowd. Just you got to be ready to play. Talking with Sean East here as we begin this Monday edition of the program. Sean, for somebody maybe that hasn't seen you play much since you were a Bulldog at New Albany, how would you say your game has changed? I know you're a little bigger, a little taller, and a lot stronger. How has your game changed since high school? Uh, I wouldn't say it's changed a lot. It's just, you know, roles are different. So um, I'm still facilitating still, you know, getting people the ball when they need it, but just having more of a scoring role. And, you know, people have relied on me to score more. So I just 
I just do that when I need to and uh, still feed people the ball when I need to, just trying to be the ultimate point guard and, uh, you know, do what the coach asks, man. You know, if it's for me to get 10 assists that night, that's what I'm going to try to do. If it's for me to go out and score 20 that night, that's what I'm going to try to do. I mean, I've always had it. I just, you know, roles have always been different, so I just do whatever it takes to win. All right, Sean, after the big announcement last week that you were a Division One Junior College Player of the Year, you released a top six of schools, South Florida, Missouri, Kentucky, Oregon, BYU, and also Clemson. And you've taken a couple visits recently as well. I believe you've been to BYU and also Missouri. Uh, what have you uh, picked up through this recruiting process, uh, maybe a little bit about those schools you're considering? And everybody here wants to know, when do you think you might make a decision? Uh, I'm gonna make a decision here pretty soon. Not, you know, not like in the next week or so. But you know, I'm gonna make a decision, and uh, everybody's just everybody's talking about wanting me and coming and being a uh impact of uh, impact guard to play. You know, help them win. A lot of people was missing a point guard this year or uh, needed a point guard, so they see me and they uh they like what I have and can bring to the table. So I'm just trying to, you know, keep getting better, keep applying pressure to what I need to do and be ready to make impact on any team I need to. Sean, I've got to ask this. We have a lot of IU fans that listen to this show, and as IU season wore on, they had a lot of shooting issues. People would constantly tell me or text me or send into the Thornton's text line, why is Indiana not recruiting Sean East? Did you ever hear from Indiana during this process? Uh, No, but uh, Purdue uh, hit me up a few uh, last week or so, and uh, – but, no, I you I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm not begging for nobody. Well, it doesn't matter to me. It's just uh, whatever's going to be for me is going to be for me, man. You know, and, you know, they might have a busy roster or, you know, so it's all different. Everybody wants different. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? It's, I can't control that. Absolutely. Sean, you mentioned rolling with the punches in one of your earlier answers. What's it been like to be a college basketball player through the COVID pandemic and the season's being canceled basically and no tournament obviously and uh, it's given you some extra eligibility and given you some extra flexibility in making decisions about your future but how crazy has some of this been to go through as a college student and athlete oh it's been crazy but you know just trying to stay on the ground and you know don't don't get caught up in the outside just I mean that's what it that's what it can do it can hurt you know what I'm saying you get caught up in what's going on outside the world and what's, I mean, but if you stay focused and keep working and, you know, just be loyal to the grind 24-7, I mean, you won't get caught in it and, you know, just trying to, because that's what it did, you know, it got people distracted and people didn't, you know, work or, you know, didn't get nowhere to work because of the, you know, they were scared of the, you know, pandemic or something, but, I mean, and people are using that as an excuse to not be working and things. So I mean, it, it was it was good for it was good and bad for people. You know, the people who took advantage of it, you know, flourish, and the people who you know use that excuse, you know, decrease. So I mean, I, I like it. I mean, I'm just accepting whatever comes, and you know, just continue to work. Sean East, former New Albany standout and National Junior College Player of the Year with us to start the week here on the program. Sean, let's go back in time, if we can, for just a couple minutes to that New Albany State Championship team and really your overall time at New Albany High School. I was honored to be a small part of that with you guys, and obviously there were a number of great players. If you look back on that roster, it's amazing 
how many of you guys went on to have really successful college careers. I saw Josh Jefferson announce yesterday he's going to give it a go and see if he can get drafted in the 2022 NBA draft. And, of course, Romeo, your longtime friend and teammate, uh, playing down at San Antonio with the Spurs, trying to get healthy. Can you reflect back on that new Albany team and what a fun ride that was? Uh, it was good, man. You know, I always talk about with my parents now, like, you know, I, when we was in it, I wouldn't realize what we was doing and we was making history. But, you know, looking back on it, you know, it was crazy. And, you know, just to do that for the city of New Albany and, you know, be known forever, it was, it was great, man. And, uh um, you got to cherish those moments, man, and, you know, enjoy them because, you know, they don't come too often. And it's just good to look back and see everybody that's doing good. Even uh, Rondell, he's in the uh, NFL. Josh is doing well. And Rome, uh, even, you know, Mike, AD, everybody, you know, it's just it's just good to see, you know, stay in touch with the guys. And, uh, I mean, it's, it was it was a great time, man, but, you know, we've got to move on and, we can we can look back on it uh, when the alumni game comes up or something. <laughs> Sean East is my guest. Sean, uh, I've got to ask you this: uh, you you've been across the country because of basketball. Uh, it started in high school with some unique opportunities, and then obviously at college, you've played uh, up east, you've played in the Midwest, you've played junior college. Um, basketball has been your life. I mean, even when you were a young kid, you took basketball very seriously. You played it all the time. Basketball, you were always traveling in the spring and summer playing. I mean, basketball has been your thing. It's been what you've always done, what you've always focused on, and what your family's focused on. I'm not sure a lot of people realize uh, your sister is a Division One college basketball player. So for the East family, uh, this has been your all's life. Yeah, I mean – it's just, I don't know, man. We've been blessed and, you know, in favor to be able to have this talent and, you know, keep working and have the mentality of working hard and continuing with it. And, uh, you know, my sister, she went all freshman uh, AAC, uh, All-American Conference uh, freshman team. And then, I mean, she's having, she had a great year. And then me, it's just, I mean, I'm trying to set the standard for her so she can keep continue to get better. And then, you know, she's going to be better than me, man. I mean, and. Our parents keep pushing us, and uh, always, if, if we need anything, they're there for us, and it's just a blessing to have, and all glory to God, and he's just been blessing us and keeping us uh, to be healthy and keep on doing what we love. Wonderful stuff. Sean, I got a question from the Thornton's text line for you, and this is really, I guess, asking for some recruiting advice for maybe a young high school player that's starting to hear from college coaches, but since you're going to pick a school again and you've been through this process a handful of times, what are maybe a couple things you've learned uh, to pa pass on or ignore or to pay a little bit more attention to during the recruiting process when you pick your next school that might help someone else? Uh, you know, just getting to know the coaches personally and uh, just the team and their families and just things like that and actually going to see it in person. Uh, you know, not just online or Zoom meetings, you know what I'm saying, going and filling out people face-to-face -face and seeing how they are, genuine people, and, you know, what they're about, what their plan for you is, and not just for basketball, but for after, uh, after basketball because it's going to stop bouncing and uh, just making sure they, they want the same for you and uh, y'all want the same for y'all got a common goal and just it's it's more it's more than just about basketball. You know, uh, you want to be able to, Maybe go over to their house or something uh, um, after after a game or uh, one night to watch film or just or just to chill out, man. Uh, you just it's just 
having that relationship that you can trust people and uh you know because you're away from home you know what i'm saying you can't go to your parents so they're they're basically like your uh your guardian for a little bit so you know you got to trust them with your career and your life so it's just you got to look at all aspects great great advice sean east sean congratulations to you uh, it seems like just yesterday you were a bulldog and we were running everywhere together. And you got to tell your dad and your parents hello. Your dad was always, during that great run and those big crowds, your dad was always one of the most fun people to talk to before and after games. So appreciate you taking some time to reconnect with us here locally. And let's yep. let's do it again after you make your college decision. I'd love to have you back to talk about that. All right, sounds good. I appreciate you guys having me. All right, Sean East, what a story he's uh, has made him in himself a uh, national junior college player of the year, and he's got a top six of some really good Division One programs that he's going to be choosing from here in the coming weeks. A couple other texts. Uh, uh, I want North Carolina to win because they are the underdog and because I like the color of their uniform. Okay, if that's what does it for you, great. And uh, Texter writes, tell Sean, please not Kentucky. I wondered how long it would take us for uh, for an IU fan to send that in, knowing that UK on Sean's uh, list of six that he's going to choose from here, it sounds like a few weeks down the line. So got it. We'll pass that along. Uh, also, a few other notes to pass along, just a, a couple recruiting things very quickly. Uh, add this name to the radar as far as potential IU recruits goes. Arrington Page of Wheeler High School down in Georgia, a six foot nine player, a forward in the class of twenty twenty three. He's a Coach Roseman recruit, as you might imagine. He's really strong in the South with lots of connections. I used uh, offered a scholarship to him yesterday or over the weekend, I should say. And also, if you're paying attention to the transfer portal. And it's hard not to because so many players uh, seem to be entering the portal almost on a daily basis. There's a player from Central Michigan, Cameron Healy, that's entered the portal. He's heard from Indiana, South Carolina, a whole host of schools from across different levels of college basketball. He averaged 11.7 points last season for Central Michigan and shot the ball 36.5% from behind the arc. So we'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back to talk IU basketball and Xavier Johnson. Uh, not good news on X with Zach Osterman here coming up in just a moment. We'll continue to take your text at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Stay with us. Plenty ahead. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star and Chad Gilbert on local sports. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Monday edition of the program. A couple additional texts here from the Thornton's text line I want to read real quick. Uh, Brian text in, second New Albany player is Sean East uh, to be named the Junior College Player of the Year 
Lamont Rowland, who was a star back in the mid-90s, also uh, gained that honor as I believe he was at Barton County Junior College in Kansas when he uh, received that honor. So thanks for that information. Also, I ask you, who do you want to see win tonight? Do you care? Do you just look for a good game? Texter says, I want Kansas to win. IU plays them next year. So as you watch Kansas tonight, pay attention to those that will likely be back for next season. And someone else writes into the show, I just want it to be a good game tonight, which me personally, that's exactly what I hope for as well. Texter adds, but more importantly, I want my numbers to come in so I'll win my office pool squares jackpot. Well, good luck to you on that tonight. The national championship game, Kansas and North Carolina, tipping off a late one at 9.20 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star is with us. Big IU news over the weekend on two fronts. Xavier Johnson was arrested Saturday night into Sunday morning, so we kind of wait more information on that. And Thad Mata is headed to Butler. He's going to leave the IU staff as associate athletic director for men's basketball and take over his own program back where he once was a number of years ago at Butler. Zach, welcome into the show. Hey, how we doing? I'll start you with a, a lighter topic, maybe. Uh, your thoughts on Kansas and North Carolina tonight? You know, candidly, I, I didn't actually watch really any of the Kansas-Villanova game. Um, it's, it's little five season for me um, and the team I'm helping coach. They had a, a busy day at, the, at Missing Out, which is sort of a, a sprinter's event. Uh, and so I was just all over the place most of Saturday. I thought that Duke-North Carolina game was one of the best college basketball games frankly I've seen in a long time um, and I, I wouldn't have been inclined to pick North Carolina to win either in the semis or the final before Saturday night now it is kind of hard for me to look past them I think my only question I would have um, from North Carolina's perspective specifically is just where are their legs you know because a lot was made of, of Hubert Davis just going with that one lineup that basically other than Baycott getting injured and then later fouling out um, you know, there, there was no bench for the Tar Heels. I thought Caleb Love was outstanding. I thought R.J. Davis was outstanding. A couple, couple of players, it's, it's worth saying, RJ, uh, Archie Miller wanted very badly to get to Indiana um, at one time. Um, but I, I think it's, I mean, I think we all thought this might be the coronation, you know, sort of evening for Mike Krzyzewski in, in his final game. But North Carolina deserved to win that game Saturday night. It was, it was remarkable the way they played down the stretch. Yeah, they are playing some really good basketball right now. There's no question about that. Uh, Zach, let's jump into the Xavier Johnson situation. I know that you have been away for a few weeks, but uh, probably following from a distance. My, my number one takeaway is it's still early. Um, let's see the details that come out as more information is released and the police report is released. Everybody wants to know, What's Mike Woodson going to do with Xavier Johnson? Is this the end of Xavier Johnson in Bloomington? I think it's way too early to even start thinking about all that. I think there are a couple things here. First of all, unless something has changed, and it's, it's possible it has. As you said, I've been on paternity leave since the beginning of last week, so I've been around and involved. I was one of the people that I think first spotted his name on the, um, the jail log yesterday, but um, – in terms of publicly available information that has been moved to the press so far, and I would expect this to change at some point today, again, if it hasn't already, uh, all we have Im immediately is the 
basically jail booking information. Um, there will be a, there is a procedure for which Bloomington police will release the, the full arrest report and that will tell us more. And then there will be the probable cause affidavit, which centers around basically the, the desire to press charges, um, or to file charges, not just preliminary charges. You know, it, when, when someone's arrested you from a, a media perspective, you say, you know, arrested on suspicion of, and then the charges they were booked for into, into jail. Um, until they are charged in court, um, and, and that that requires the probable cause affidavit. So there's still a lot of details, and, and I know um, I believe one Indianapolis television station reported yesterday via anonymous sources a little bit more than that. I'm not disputing that report. I'm not saying I'm not suggesting they were irresponsible in reporting that, but in, it's just that in situations like this, um, where you know, sort of, we're, we're not talking about perceptions. We're not talking about somebody trips something at somebody on a basketball court or threw punches or whatever stuff where there are actual legal charges involved um, from a legal perspective, from a newspaper's perspective, we have to be very by the book in terms of what we report. And, and thus far, the, the most publicly available information is what Xavier Johnson was booked into jail for, um, I think early Sunday morning. All right. And so that's number, that's number one. Number two, the other thing I would say about this is there are obviously departmental policies around things like drug tests and, and, you know, sexual and domestic violence, things like that. This is not covered in that. So I think that where this progresses is going to be a much more case basis, you know, with Mike Woodson, I imagine Scott Dolson will be involved, but for the moment, nothing that Xavier Johnson, again, has been sort of publicly charged with um, or accused of of, uh, of doing, to my knowledge, is covered in the IU student handbook, IU athlete student handbook or anything like that. So this is going to be much more of a, you know, specific to this kind of, this case kind of situation. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, my guest, talking about a Xavier Johnson who was arrested uh, over the weekend for reckless driving and resisting law enforcement. Uh, Zach Texter writes in, was Xavier one of the five suspended earlier this year? I believe he's referencing the Northwestern game, and I believe Xavier was one of the five included in that. Uh, so technically, I guess this could be considered strike two for Xavier Johnson as far as issues with team rules and policies go. Yeah, I think you could. I mean, I think it's, it's possible you could see it that way. And again, I think what's important to stress is you know, this is unless there is a part of the student athlete handbook that I have not read or has been amended or something like that, because it's been a couple of years since I've thumbed through it. This is not the sort of thing that's covered in there, you know, a, a reckless driving charge, resisting law enforcement. Um, you know, when you say strike two, with regard, for example, to uh, positive drug tests, and, and obviously I'm not, I want to be very clear, I'm not suggesting that Xavier Johnson has any positive drug test, but I, I'm trying to use that as an example. Um, I use policies are, are pretty much crystal clear. If you get to strike three, that's it. There's, there's no recourse. There's no, well, now it's up to the coach or now it's up to the AD or any other sort of governing, you know, individual, um, you know, you, you, you test positive three times in the same academic year. 
that, you know, your scholarship is, is taken away. Um, this is not that kind of case. And so I think this is going to be a lot more down to what Mike Woodson and, and again, I, I suspect Woodson will involve Scott Dolson in, in sort of his deliberation on this. Those two have worked, you know, very much hand in hand and, and really, I mean, as, you, as you'd imagine, <clears throat> a lot of different situations dating back to Woodson's first days on the job. Um, but this is going to be uh, really, I think, a, a, a process specific to this case when it comes to basically, as you say, if it's, if it is strike two, if Mike Woodson treats it that way, if there's something else we don't know about, that means maybe it's strike three, or if, if it is just going to be held as something completely different, that's basically what I'm trying to say is that's kind of up to Woodson. Zach Osterman, the Indy star, my guest, Zach, uh, Xavier Johnson, when you think about the roster, the team for next season, and I know there's a lot up in the air. We had not heard anything from Xavier as far as staying or going. We assume that he's staying, but again, he had not come out and officially said anything. And there's so much movement in the transfer portal. You think of Nigel Pack and other players that are available that Indiana could have interest, could have a tie to. But all of that aside, if Xavier is able to come back and does want to come back, how important do you be him? Do you see him being to the team? I've got to believe that based on how he closed the season, he's going to be thought of, uh, depending on what happens with Trace and Race and Geronimo, as one of the key returners. I mean, I think that's, I think that's very accurate. And I think, you know, I, my attitude in, in kind of the current climate is I sort of presume everyone who can return will until they announce otherwise, not because I think that everyone's likely to stay, but simply because it's so easy for a player now and, and such standard practice for a player now to basically make his or her own announcement, you know, to just step out and say, you know, basically call their coach, let them know, and then just, go on to social media and say, I'm entering the portal. I'm declaring for the draft. I'll retain my eligibility. I won't retain my eligibility, whatever that I just kind of assume everyone's staying till they tell me otherwise. And then at that point you start to kind of tally up, you know, the incomings and the outgoing. Um, every indication I've gotten is that Xavier Johnson has intended to, to, it's been his intention, you know, kind of through this whole process to, um, to be back in Indiana next year, you know, he's certainly the sort of player that I think at very least, it, you know, I wouldn't have been shocked if he'd sort of said, Hey, I want to declare, I want to go through the draft process. I'll retain my eligibility, just get some feedback, get some thoughts. Um, but it's, it's possible, you know, even that didn't really appeal to him. And again, this is a, you know, what happened over the weekend throws, uh, you know, just kind of a curveball into the whole thing. But I think you're absolutely right to say that, um, you know, if and when, or as and when we see Xavier Johnson on the court in an IA uniform again, he will be a, a crucial piece. Um, Trace Jackson Davis was outstanding down the stretch, played probably the best basketball of his college career in the last month of Indiana's season just concluded. But a lot of that happens because of his relationship with Xavier Johnson. And Xavier Johnson is the one, as much as we talked about Trace Jackson Davis upping his scoring, his rebounding, you know, Trace Jackson Davis being the one going to Mike Woodson and saying, let's run more pick and roll. Let's run more ball screen based offense. It's Xavier Johnson that's got to make that offense work and make the right reads, you know, pick the right spots, make the right decisions in terms of do I, do I attack? Do I pull back? Do I pass? Do I shoot? You know, where do I go? How do I use the screen? All those different kinds of things. He was the nerve center really of that offense over the last month of the season that, that really kind of took a step forward in terms of grounding Indiana, something 
something offensive. Um, there's something better, offensively speaking, I should say. So he will be, you know, assuming he's back. And again, I'm not casting any, I'm not trying to shade this as though I know something in either direction. But provided he is back next year, he will be whoever else returns an incredibly important player for Indiana. Yeah, no question. Zach Osterman, my guest. Zach, let's switch topics and go to uh, Thad Mata, who is going to depart his admin support staff job at in Indiana uh, to go back to Butler where he was at. And I didn't realize he was only at Butler. I think it was just for a season back in the 2000-2001 college basketball season. But given some health uh, implications that he's had, and I, I hate to say this, but probably rumors that, uh, you know, you know, he's just not fit for the IU job as far as his health goes. That was something that made its rounds back a, a year or plus ago. Are you surprised to see him jump back into the position of a head coach where there's so much stress and responsibility? Uh, you know, I guess I, I don't know if I'm, I'm ever surprised. I think, I think coaching, when, when it gets a hold of you, it, it is a bug that is hard to shake. Um, and, you know, there had been rumors, not rumors, it had been reported, I think, reliably in some places down the years between his leaving Ohio State and his coming to Indiana, Thad interviewing for jobs. Georgia, I know, was a big one. I think Mississippi State, maybe around the time Ben Howland got there. Maybe I'm wrong about that. The timing may not be right about that, but for me on that. But, um, you know, and then you could kind of talk to different people who'd say, well, is he is he interviewing because he's interested? Is he interviewing because, um, you know, the, the terms of his buyout at, or the terms of his, his settlement at Ohio State require him to, you know, make an effort to seek alternate employment? Um, one way or another, I think it was clear when he came back to Indiana that at very least, Sad Mata was not done with basketball. He was not ready to be retired. And, you know, the, the Butler links, you're right, he was only there for one year as, as a coach, but it is worth saying he was um, he was there for four seasons, four seasons as an assistant and before that three seasons as a player. So obviously he has very close ties to Butler. My understanding for a while is that um, he's lived in Indianapolis. I think pretty much if he wasn't already living in Indy when he took the IU job, he's he's been there kind of since he came back. Um, and, I mean, listen – the national title notwithstanding, and I recognize that as a phrase that's doing some awfully heavy lifting. Sad Mata's peak at Ohio State from about 2006 to probably 2013, 2012, 13, 14, right in there. So a good solid, I mean, you know, the best part of a decade. His peak at Ohio State was as good as any stretch we've seen from a Big Ten coach ever. Again, the national title notwithstanding, and, and that's that's maybe the one thing that's always separated that is he couldn't get over the hump, made a couple final fours, obviously ran into a generationally good Florida team. in uh, was that 2000, was it 2006 or 2007? Um, but, you know, it, it, go back and look at what he did at Ohio state season by season. It was outstanding. He was, I mean, he was right up there next. I think, in fact, I think the only Big Ten coach with something like more than 100 career games in the conference or something like that with a better win percentage um, in his time at, at his Big Ten institutions, Bo Ryan at Wisconsin. So a better win percentage than Bob Knight at Indiana, better win percentage than Gene Keedy at Purdue, than Tom is at Michigan State and so forth. If if his health is not, you know, a, a too great an obstacle for him, 
then, uh, you know, to my mind, this is a great job for that. I think, I think Butler can still be nationally relevant. I think basketball will always be central to that athletic department's identity. Um, the Big East, you know, Butler obviously has tougher sledding in the Big East than it would have in the A-10 than it did in its previous stops. But the flip side of that is there's a lot more resources. There's a lot more opportunity. If, if you know, if Thad Mata can rediscover kind of a lot of what made him really good at Ohio State, I think he can make Butler a genuine contender at, in the Big East. Yeah, I agree. Zach Osterman. Zach, as we let you go, uh, give us a quick pick, your prediction for the championship game tonight. It's tough because I, I really didn't think Duke was just playing so well coming into this weekend. Um, and it's it's kind of easy to say, well, UNC expended all their you know physical and emotional energy uh, in beating Duke. And maybe they did. We'll find out. Um, it is hard for me to look past the team that beat Duke, though. And you, you've got players. You know, Baycott's been playing well all year, obviously. But you've got Caleb Love playing so well now. Manic playing well. R.J. Davis playing well. And a team that I think is would have a, a certain right almost to believe in its own. Um, I mean, destiny is maybe a strong word, but I wouldn't blame them if they felt that way a little bit, if you know what I mean. Um, I think Kansas is really good. And, and if fatigue is a factor for North Carolina, then I think Kansas is exactly the sort of team that would be difficult to overcome. But if North Carolina's got one more really good performance in them like they had on Saturday night, then I think the, the Eels are going to win it. All right, Zach Osterman, the Indy Star. Zach, uh, the biggest props to you because I can tell from the interview and your tone, you've got your newborn with you, your baby, and I think it's safe to say we made it through the interview without uh, waking the baby. So congratulations on that, and as always, thanks for your great insight. He was eating at the beginning. Admittedly, I also have a sinus infection, so my voice is my voice is at about fifty percent. But he was eating at the beginning. Now he's snoring. If you can hear him off to the side. So, all right, great We're stuff, doing all right. Zach. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, as always. All right, Zach Osterman, my guest. Uh, a great way to start the week. I always say, from an IU perspective, Texter writes in from the outside looking in with the Northwestern game mess. Now this looks like there's a possible problem with behavior up there. If I had a kid going to play ball, I'd have to really wonder what I was sending him into. Well, I don't know that Xavier Johnson's arrest, and we got to figure out more details, but I don't know that his arrest Saturday and some players staying out past curfew, which is all that's really been confirmed that we for sure know from the Northwestern game, although it was a very pivotal point of the season, I don't know that just those two situations are reason to be concerned about discipline or control in Bloomington at all. But it is worth paying attention to because IU fans know all too well uh, past disciplinary problems and some departures that that has caused the the program over the years. And so it's definitely a topic to watch. But Mike Woodson has acted swiftly, I thought, with the Northwestern situation, suspending, what was it, four or five guys for that game and I think when he gets the details, uh, depending on what they are, he will act swiftly with this as well. So uh, me personally, I think, uh, and again, we just don't know enough to make any real guesses or assumptions at this point. 
uh, and I want the best for Xavier Johnson. I thought he really improved as a ball player, but uh, if there really is some serious wrongdoing here, um, then I think Mike Woodson will act swiftly. We'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, thanks for the text. We'll head to a commercial break. Uh, one other quick note about IU. I don't know if you got a chance last week to see Montverde Academy. They won the Geico National Championship. It put together, I think, eight or 12 of the top elite high school programs in the country. But Malik Renew uh, had a double-double. He's an IU target now. Uh, boy, he's really good. And then, of course, Jalen hood Shafino. he was a huge part of that win because his fourth-quarter performance, and he was just making dime passes, lots of assists all week long in that Geico tournament. Lots of reason to be excited about him uh, coming to Indiana as well. We'll head to a break. We're back to talk local sports with Chad Gilbert. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday program. Chad Gilbert's going to be my guest in just a moment, but we've got a little bit of breaking news. Brandon Northern senior at Silver Creek, has been named to the Indiana All-Stars, the team that will play Kentucky in a two-game series a little bit later in June. So big, big congratulations to Brandon. He had an outstanding career, of course, the first few years. He was the point guard uh, distributing the ball a lot to some really good players like Cooper Jacoby and Trey Kaufman-Wren. But that uh, last few years of his high school career, he really took his game to another level, especially here his senior year when he was the big weapon for the Silver Creek Dragons. So awesome to see that there will be representation on the boys' side in the Indiana-Kentucky game this season. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, uh, you know very well from all your years following basketball in our state, that's a very big honor for Brandon Northern. Matt, uh, wow, you know, just on that one, that that is awesome. I mean, just a, a feather in the cap for Southern Indiana, for Silver Creek High School, for the Mid-Southern Conference, uh, for 3A basketball, you know, for him to be on there, well-deserved. If you think of his career, he's won two state championships, probably a third, if it wasn't for COVID, uh, was a outstanding player for all four years, and, and quite arguably. Arguably, you know, on those teams, he was the one that made that made the teams go. You know, he he would be a missing piece that would be hard to replace. Not to say that the other guys did not play extremely huge roles, but Northern did an outstanding job up there. Well deserved all star all star uh, mention and uh, congratulations to him. I mean that that is just awesome, and I can't get over uh, what a great honor that is for that young man, and hopefully. Uh, he will continue to ride that in the college in the next level, and, I, and I'm sure he'll win wherever he goes. So that congratulations to him. All right, Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, Mr. Basketball, Brandon Smith or Braden Smith, excuse me, from Westfield, who is committed to Purdue and signed with 
the Boilermakers as well. A lot of people in our part of the state, I guess we're used to having somebody at least up for the award, and we had a nice little streak of either real serious contenders or winners say, I don't know that I know Braden Smith from uh, from Westfield, but he had a really good career in a class that had, I think, a handful of solid players at the top, but it wasn't your normal class of Indiana high school basketball players. Well, if you, if you have an opportunity to watch that kid, you know, if, if no one, if someone doesn't know who he is or hasn't seen him play, get on YouTube and look him up because uh, he is a a strong, athletic kid, uh, shoots the ball extremely well. And what I've noticed on him is what a good passer he is. I watched them play in the regional, and you know, he was just dropping the ball on time, on target to guys in scoring position. I think that he'll be able to uh, have a nice career at Purdue. A very worthy uh, Mr. Basketball in Indiana, and uh, someone that I enjoyed watching. You know, whether it was if it was on the IHSA network or NFHS, I enjoyed being able to watch those guys from time to time. And he, I think, he was an outstanding player this year, and well deserved the honor of Mr. Basketball. All right, Chad. Uh, one thing I want to bring up with you: somebody said, "Any idea of Brandon Northern's recruiting?" Um, and, and I don't know the answer. I know at one time he had some Division One schools interested. I'm not sure what level of schools or who he's hearing from at this point, but I will check in on that with Coach Hoffman. But, you know, high school seniors right now, with all the talk of the transfer portal and all that's going on in the world of college recruiting and how that whole process has changed, then you throw in COVID, as you mentioned, um, it's tough right now to be a high school senior and be recruited, especially at the Division One level. Well, you talked about it being backlogged at COVID. That's one thing. This whole transfer portal is a whole different creature, Matt. I had a buddy who coaches in college. You know, he sent me a picture at one of the games, you know, at one of the regional games, uh, region games. And I said, I quit being a fan, you know, just laughing. He said, I'm recruiting. You know, I mean, what's that say? That you're out there and you're watching other teams, seeing what players are going to be in the portal and see if they're good enough to go. Um, And that's something that you'll – I think you'll see more and more. And if you look at someone who has not committed a high school kid, if you don't commit in the fall, you're kind of, like you said, behind the eight ball a little bit. Your college coaches now are looking in the portal. They're looking at JUCO kids, and they're looking at high school kids. Um, I would think the all-star – game for Northern is a big deal for him. I think he plays well on them. He'll have another tape to show, another resume to show. And he may be a late signee when things shake out. If you remember when Evan Mashmeyer went to St. Joe, he was a late signee in the summer. And I think that they'll have an opportunity to fill that void. But for him, Northern being Northern, I think that wherever he goes, he's going to make them, he will make a positive impact on whatever program he goes to because the one thing you can't deny from him is he's one and he, he's a winner all right uh, chad i got two questions for you very quickly here let's keep it basketball i want to get your predict prediction on the national championship game tonight north carolina or kansas who does coach gilbert have matt you think about this you know as it went on you know we were so tired of the coach k farewell tour you know, it was one of those deals that we joke in the text line. Does anyone know? Does everyone know that tonight is Coach K's last game? I didn't realize this was his last game. You know, they they made a whole week of that going into Camden, them playing North Carolina. Where it kind of got, for another word, sickening. You know, you're just kind of tired of hearing about the Coach K tour. I found myself Saturday rooting for Coach K. You know, one of just like you you've came this far. Just win it on your way out. You know, just wrap this whole thing up in a neat bow. 
didn't happen, but one of the best games I've ever seen in the Final Four. An outstanding game. Happy, you know, for somebody like Hubert Davis, whose team went through some adversity at the start of the year. He got him through. He won. He went through it. Um, my prediction, though, Matt, I, I hear it, I'm going to do the wrestler. Cut the music. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my prediction tonight, you know, I, I got to go with Kansas. I got to go with Kansas. I'd like to see North Carolina win, but I think Kansas just has too All much. All right, Chad Gilbert, my guest. That wraps up this Monday program. Enjoy the national championship game. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.